the 18th, August 18th, 2022, and we just finished some drama here. Um, a shelf in the room fell with some oil lamps on it and scattered oil all over the room and glass, and everybody kind of pitched in, or Trey definitely did, and Jerry and Ron and Forest. Forrest and... I watched. Ray went to the bathroom. I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I it was right above my head, and yes, uh, there was there was um, lamp oil under my feet. Yeah. So somebody said it might be a message from God that we need to check the oil in our lamps. So uh, you well, know, getting a little extra here. <laughs> yeah, but in any event, <clears throat> it's all seemingly cleaned up and. Uh, on the prayer list, we have Marcos Santibanez for his uh, son that uh, witnesses of the gospel continue to come to him and he might be saved. His uh, mother, too. Marcos' mother, mm-hmm. yes, for recovery. And I think she's doing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump and his family. And we just want to pray that uh, the conspirators that are uh, plotting against him would, would meet utter failure. And that God would uh, ruin them because, you know, what we find in the Word of God is the Lord hates liars and those who give false witness. So um, we just would pray asking that they be uncovered and exposed and, you know, and if Trump has done wrong things, that those be uncovered and exposed too. John and Ruby, Vassy and Linda, friends of the Bible study and podcast of Marta and Charles for their business, for Charles's back, their wellness, that all will be good in their lives. For our friend Gary, for blessings, I think he had a recent operation and I just hope, Lord, that all will go well for Gary. Our children and grandchildren, our police officers and fire Work, firemen and EMS workers. Uh, we'll put Chuck Knipp and his dad Randolph. Beth Baker and Joanna Potter. Has anybody heard about Beth Baker yet? How she's doing? So Ray for him and Judy. Salvation for those lost. Pray for Ray's neighbor. Um, it's uh, Gibson, Kirk. Kirk Gibson. Protection for our members of our study and for our extended families, especially those in Christ. Pray for rain out west. Well, let's pray for repentance and then the rain would come. We're blessed to have rain. I don't mean to be, you know, cocky about that. But... Um, you know, Lot's family, he was in Sodom, and he was vexed by what went on there. And there are true brothers and sisters in California that are vexed by what's going on around them, and many cannot move, they can't afford to. For the food supply, we continue to see expired food items on the shelves. Another thing I was going to add, um, going to tell you earlier, uh, a lot of the milk, the last three gallons that we've had, I've noticed this with, um, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, the one in there, yeah, that's all. Well, the, the problem is, is it, it, it's like going bad. In some cases, one case it was a, a solid week before the expiration, and it was literally milky. And then this I is wonder, two days. I wonder if the, they're re-stamping some of this I think stuff. they are, but, and, and that's what I was going to say, is because before, like say a year or two ago, you could pretty well count on whatever the date on the milk was, that it was going to be good for about a week past that without any souring or anything yeah. like that. And then now it's like a, a week before. Well, and some of the folks on word of mouth were saying that the food distribution uh, centers are shipping out expired food yeah, to the store. I stores. saw that on the post you posted. So, uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. And if you're not saving food for your family... Uh, you know, you should need. You should start as, you know, better better late than never. Um, but you know, those that are not saving food, they're going to be going to people's doors and knock, 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 knock. Uh, you know, should have listened. Y'all warned me. Should have listened. Uh, we don't have anything. It's going to put your uh, 
It's going to put your neighbors, your brothers and sisters in a really precarious situation. And it's like the oil in the lamps in Matthew 25, since they started about oil this evening. Um, there may not be enough for you and me. There may not be enough for everyone. So no, we cannot give you any. And that is a horrible thing, but that would be the scenario, I believe. You know, unless I knew straight from God that I'm supposed to give this person some rice and beans, which is about what we're saving. You know, it'll keep you alive, but you won't like it necessarily. But it'll be better than starving. Um, praying uh, for the situation with the food supply. Uh, Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, salvation. Unsaved family members. Praying for our country. Just God's will. Whatever God's will for this country is. You know, I, I suspect that there were many dedicated Christians in the Revolutionary War on the other side of the pond praying for you know, the English army to defeat these colonists. That was not God's will. You don't always know. For Eric, for Rex, for Ted, Reverend Davis and his family, praying for America, President Trump and family, direction for children and granddaughter, our nation to return to God. Uh, Robin is a co-worker for a surgery and the wiser uh, fellows George and George Jr. And, uh, Joe. Joe also for salvation for him and Harold and Dollar and our nation. Let's join hands. Father God we just thank you that this time comes each week that we can sit and have fellowship and pray asking Lord your favor on various things I thank you God that the shelf that fell didn't hurt anyone and I thank you that there were hands on deck to clean that up and we know that this is a fallen world and things will fall and sometimes we fall but you are there to pick us up you are there to help us and uphold us with your righteous right hand. We pray you teach us tonight from your word. We pray, God, for your blessings on those that have been added to this prayer list tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look in Second uh, Corinthians. Chapter 1, 2 Corinthians 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Acacia. Achaia, I believe that is. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hopes of you is steadfast, our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, 
and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. You also, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks be, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. I'm going to just stop there and I'll pick it back up in 12 in a minute. Um, there's something that's in view here. It's in view in Romans. It's in view in Ephesians in the first chapters. Uh, Colossians. There is the we and us and the you. Now what do your Calvinists like to do with Ephesians 1? They take what Paul is saying about the apostles. Well, let's just turn over there right quick. Ephesians 1. Glasses are awful. <laughs> Can't see through them. Uh, who wants to read Ephesians 1 for me while my glasses are getting clean? Looks like Forrest bolted. You got it, Mark? I'm getting it. Okay, okay. Ephesians 1 1. Yes, at the beginning. Paul and the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are added to Ephesus. And to the faithful in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted and beloved, in whom we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Okay. That's the end of verse 7, right? Yeah. Now your Calvinists will apply these verses to the entire church. And, and in so doing, they, they uh, misapply who's in view here. Um, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ with the will of God. He's telling you who he is. And then he says, grace be to you. Verse 3, blessed be the Lord, be, the, the, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. They're applying this to all believers. I've even heard some pretty good ministers do that. Apply to all believers these passages but who is in view here keep reading and you'll know you'll know who was predestined here you'll know who was chosen before the foundation of the world now God knows who all of us are but don't miss this verse 8 wait I'll just read verse 6 and 7 to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence is he talking here is the Holy Spirit writing here about all believers you're going to see that no that he is not and you're going to see that relatively quickly here Verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things, after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. We who first trusted in Christ. We who first trusted in Christ. How do you get yourself 
into that category. Look where we go in verse 13. In whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Can we see the us and them here? He's telling you what his credentials are as an apostle and as the other apostles. He's telling you we. this is what God did with us, and we suffer, and we did this for your benefit. And God chose us, those who were the first to believe. We should be to the praise of his glory, verse 12, who first trusted in Christ. How can you apply any of that to yourself 2,000 years after the fact? You can't. He's talking about the apostles. They were the ones. Okay, look. Who was going to preach the gospel to Paul? Jesus preached the gospel to Paul. Just like he preached the gospel to the other disciples. And look at verse 13 again. In whom you also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you heard the gospel, and you believed it, and that's what sealed you. Paul, of course, was given the gospel by the Lord himself. So there is that difference. So when a Calvinist tries to appeal to Ephesians 1, and apply these first 12 verses to any believer in Christ, there are problems here with doing that. Verse 12, foremost among them, that we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. So anything up until that point, that ain't you. But these verses get get read out loud all the time and worked into sermons as though what Paul has said here in the first several verses of Ephesians 1 as though that applies to the church now of course God knew us and he predestined by his foreknowledge Romans 8 tells us his foreknowledge predestined us hey, hey how you doing? well you missed all the fun I did did you know about this? no there was a shelf right up there a what? A shelf up there is gone, and it fell, and an oil lamp busted all over the floor, and it's been a real, uh, real mess cleaning it up. <laughs> I watched, of course, but uh, yeah, I had to use you cat. Smell that kind of oily smell. It's, yeah. It smells like furniture polish, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like an orange glow. Yeah. Thing. That's what it smells. Well, that's it. Yeah. That was oil was from those lamps above. Yeah. Uh, I know. Imagine yeah. if he was sitting there when that happened. Well, yeah, I mean, it fell right here. And I was back here. It missed me. If you would have been there when it fell, it would have hit you. It hit me. But I think the Lord would have not even had it fall if you'd have been there. He would have kept yeah, it. Yeah, you just got here too late. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to Second uh, Corinthians. You see this again uh, here in view um, in the first chapter, verse 3 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation. I have heard people read this verse here as though it applies to all the church. Now, does God comfort you when you're having trouble? Yeah. But that's not who's in view here. Let's keep watching. Keep reading. He comforted us in all our tribulation. He comforted who? Paul and the disciples with him. He's saying he comforted us. God comforted us in tribulation. Verse 5, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation. You see now? If we are afflicted, it's for your consolation. We're out here on the front lines of spreading the gospel and we're catching living hell, so to speak. But it's for your consolation when we are afflicted. It's for your salvation. 
which is essential in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted it is for your consolation and salvation. So when the disciples are comforted, it's also for their consolation salvation. And our hope of you, of you, don't miss that you, in verse 7, our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering, so shall you be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. What he's doing here, he does in Romans 1, I believe he does in Colossians, as the letter opens up, he certainly does it there in Ephesians. He's laying out the credentials. He's laying out who we are and what we're going through for your sake. So there's a lot of corrupt doctrine that has been derived from reading these verses of Paul's epistles and thinking that, oh, this is me. This is me. Oh, I got you right here. Yep, that's me. No, it's not. No, it isn't. Because he shifts to the you. He shifts from we and us to you. Wouldn't have you be ignorant, brethren, of the trouble. We despaired even of life. Verse 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us, you also. You see the toggling of we, us, and you. And again, Romans 1, pretty sure Colossians, certainly 2 Corinthians 1, and Ephesians 1, the you and the us. I mean, it was, and, and you know, I wanted to understand this because you do run into Calvinists that appeal to, particularly Ephesians 1, for, um, you know, say, oh, yeah, you know, God hooked us up straight from the beginning. We're all there. That's us, you know. Um, no. Nope. You weren't you weren't among anybody in this room among the first to believe in Christ? I don't think so. I don't think so. Verse twelve for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you were there is a we and a you you know we we the conversation doesn't mean speaking in king james uh english it's 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 the way we live but by the grace of god we have had our we have lived in the world we have been out there living in the world and more abundantly to you for you for we write none other things unto you than what you read or acknowledge, and I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end. As also you have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as you also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. Again, we, ours, and you. When you read these letters, you've got to get that figured out, or you'll end up applying things that Paul said about himself through the Holy Spirit. You'll be applying things to yourself, and that's not proper understanding. Verse 15, And in this confidence, I was minded to come unto you before that you might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia, and to come out again Come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way towards Judea. Paul, in all of his letters, was desirous of seeing the, 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 the brothers and sisters. He always wanted to, to have fellowship with them. In, you know, in a way, too, just to see the fruit of what he was able to, to do, to produce. You know, God wants us to produce fruit. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness, or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? But as God is true, our word toward you was not yea and nay, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you 
by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Not, that, not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith you stand. The first letter to the Corinthians, they were in a bit of a mess. Need something? Thank you. <laughs> Good catch. Thank you. So, um, the first letter, they were not in too good a shape. They're perhaps improving here. Let's look at chapter 2. But I determined this with myself, that I would not come again to you in heaviness. For if I make you sorry, who is he then that maketh me glad, but the same which is made sorry by me? And I wrote this same unto you, lest when I came I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote unto you with many tears, not that you should be grieved, but that you might know the love which I have more abundantly unto you. Verse 5, But if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. There was a man in the first Corinthians, he was, he was cast out of the assembly because he had taken his father's wife. It didn't say his mother. Um, his father had apparently remarried, and he took his father's wife. So they said, or you know, the Holy Spirit through Paul said, cast this man out, turn him over to Satan, so that the flesh would be destroyed and his soul be saved. It's 1 Corinthians 5. And now Paul is writing back, you know, saying it looks like that worked in effect. Verse 6, sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. The whole church cast him out. So that contrarywise you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. He appears to have repented. He appears to have parted ways with the woman who <clears throat> betrayed her husband for her stepson and uh, he's being forgiven and Paul says you ought to forgive him you ought to forgive him so what, what a bad thing that happened there that um, uh, had the church in a mess and Paul was telling them in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians that you guys are proud about this you think it's funny you think this is just okay. A man took his father's wife. In effect, he took his stepmother as a sex partner, we would have to assume. That's what lust can do. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. It gives Satan a foothold. He took a foothold in this case, and then Paul said, you turn this man over to Satan. Again, 1 Corinthians 5, so that his flesh would be destroyed, yet his soul be saved. So that when you read this chapter, you have to understand that's tying back to that punishment that was inflicted of many. <coughs> Wherefore I beseech you, verse 8, 
that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it for your sakes, forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit, because I found not Titus, my brother, but, taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death, and to the other the savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. We smell like death to those that are dying. We are a fragrant smell, a fragrant odor to those who are in Christ and who live. Sometimes you wonder why this person don't want to be around you. Every time you show up, they just seem to want to get up and leave. Uh, that's one response. Another response, they'll start cursing. They'll start acting in a very evil and sometimes even blasphemous way to express their rebuke of someone who is reminding them of death. I saw a quote from Denzel Washington is a true believer in Christ. To my knowledge, he's the best man in Hollywood and I don't know how he stands. Well, I do know how he stands up out there. Christ upholds him. Christ upholds him. They have tried to make movies and told him that he needs to kiss this woman. He said, I would not kiss this woman even for a movie. She's not my wife. But he, he also said to kick your shoes back under the bed when you lay down at night so that you got to get down on your knees and reach under the bed and get him, and while you're down there, pray. But he said also, he said, some people <coughs> don't like you around because your spirit makes their demons uncomfortable. Your spirit makes their demons uncomfortable. That's really what's in view here. That's what's being said here at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So, as uh, you know, as it's written, count it all joy. Somebody doesn't want you around, you make them uncomfortable. Well, they can always get saved, right? And then they might like you. But if they're never going to be, they're never going to like you. You need to be that light, that salt, and not salt that's lost its savor. You need to be. What does salt do? Salt is a preservative. It's an element that the body needs even to, to live. So we are the salt and the light because we show the world Jesus Christ if we are doing what we ought to be doing. Don't let secular people, and I see this often, they don't believe the Bible. They don't believe a word of it. They don't believe in God, or at least they say they don't. But they'll doggone sure find a scripture and say, 
some Christian you are, Jesus said, judge not. He said, judge not, lest you be judged with the same measure that you judge. The, uh, that measure will be used on you. Called a fruit inspector. Fruit inspector. <laughs> I always tell them, say, I'm not judging. I'm the messenger. God is your judge. I don't judge. God is your judge. Now, I told you what the Bible said. You know, I wrote this short thing and people shared it around Facebook. I'll just scrunch it down to some cop pulls this guy over for speeding on the highway. The speeder says, you're judging me. The cop said, no. He said, I don't like these laws. And the cop said, I didn't write the law. I didn't make the speed limit 25 mile an hour on Cove Road. I didn't make that. I am just here to enforce that. Well, you're judging me. So, no, I'm not judging you. But if you'd like an appointment with the judge, uh, there's your court date. <laughs> you know, you'll find a judge. There's your judge. So, just tell them, I'm not judging you. I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm telling you what it says, and you can do with whatever you want to. Do with that with whatever you like. But the word is settled forever in heaven. God is not changing. He's not making exceptions. He's not making loopholes other than the wonderful, glorious, amazing loophole of Jesus Christ that we, in Him we are saved. And outside of Him, there is no one saved. No other name under heaven by which we may be saved. It's troubling to see people that maybe you like them. You kind of like this person. And you know they're not saved. And every time you bring up something about salvation in Christ, or even thanking God, they get mad. We ought not make any apologies for serving Christ. I was very moved to see Virginia's governor, Glenn Youngkin, and the lieutenant governor, Winston Sears, and then the attorney general, Morales, call a prayer meeting out at the Virginia Capitol building. A lot of people there, and, and, and the governor prayed. And um, it was a beautiful prayer. I listened to it, and I thought, what kind of a secular, jacked-up way is he going to wrap this thing up? He closed that prayer. He said, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Did you see that? He did. What was this? Oh, it was a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, he's not ashamed. His lieutenant governor is not ashamed. I like her more than I like him, to be honest with you. They, uh, they took her gavel from her when she called the uh, General Assembly together. Did y'all hear about this? They went, the very first session when she was going to preside over the General Assembly, uh, they, they hid the gavel because they were so mad that uh, they didn't want uh, you know, them in charge. She just shrugged it off, took one of her high heels off, and pam, pam, and called the session to the assembly with her shoe. Pretty cool. Sorry, I think that was really cool. But um, we're not wanting to go too far into politics, but really we're not. We're talking about a brother in Christ. We're talking about a sister in Christ. But people who are not in Christ, they hate all they want to do is hate those of us who are because we are the stench of death to them. We are the smell of death. We are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor of death unto death. 
and to the other the savor of life unto life. So, uh, I think he was upset in the stomach. Yeah, Ray. But in any event, um, expect it. Not only expect it, but expect it to get worse. The spiritual warfare out there right now is so thick you can cut it with a knife almost. Those that are in Christ need to unite like this. Not with, not with politics, but with one another. There's, there's not Democrats and Republicans in, in, in the kingdom of God. I can promise you that. There are believers brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God and we're going to look back over our shoulders if he lets it, lets us do that and, and look how silly some of what we did and thought and believed really was I hope that the Lord returns soon for us I maybe this fall I believe the rapture will be in the fall on tabernacles we've got, covered that in other other studies maybe this fall because many true believers are <coughs> suffering the existence of where we are now we're not suffering in America like the Chinese Christians are suffering I promise you that we're not suffering like North Korean Christians are suffering I promise you that or Christians in the uh, nations where Islam is strong, they suffer. They will be rewarded. God doesn't put any more on us than we can bear, and He puts a lot on those believers, knowing that they can bear it, they can stand up to it. Pray for each other more than you pray for the unbelievers. It's fine to pray that God would send witnesses, missionaries, messengers to those that are not in Christ but let that be the smallest percentage of your prayer life pray for others pray for your brothers and sisters Paul asked in his letters multiple times pray for us he said pray for us he coveted the prayers of the saints he knew that without them well, he couldn't make it they would not make it they wouldn't make it out there. Chapter 3. Let me see how far we Yeah, we got time. We may wrap a little earlier tonight because we had about a, what, a 20 delay for the oil lamp debacle. Chapter 3, 2 Corinthians. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you? or letters of commendation from you. You are our epistle. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. It blessed Paul, and it blessed those who worked with him in his ministry. It blessed them richly to know that there are believers out there. There are people out there that now will spend eternity with God in Christ because of their efforts because they shared the truth and many did respond verse 3 for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us written not with ink but with the spirit of the living God not in tables of stone but in fleshly tables of the heart Paul's saying, I don't need to write some manifesto to tell people who I am and what I do. You're that letter. You are that. You are our epistle. You are the fruit of our doing as disciples, as apostles. Verse 4, And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, 
who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, he's talking about the law, the letter of the law killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Moses' face did not continue to glow. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? How shall it not be? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Your spirit, your light that you emit as a believer in Christ won't be extinguished, it won't go out. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. It was great that Moses' face shone with the glory of God or the you know the Holy Spirit. But it faded. Now sometimes we get filled by the Spirit and we feel strong and we feel as I like to say ten feet tall and bulletproof in Christ. And then sometimes the world creeps in on us and gets us on the wrong track. You know, like the fellow in 1 Corinthians 5 that took his father's wife. He must have been a real believer because God, through his Holy Spirit, had the Apostle Paul write, forgive that man. Forgive him what he did. Don't pile on punishment. It's enough. So It's already enough. Forgive him. And we all need to be forgiven of different things. Almost all the time. As, as Reverend Davis has taught us, you should be getting better as you get older. Right. You should be getting better. You shouldn't be stepping in a mud hole every other step as you become a little more adept at navigating the mud holes, you know. But uh, early on, you make mistakes. Later in life, you will have learned from those mistakes. You won't make those mistakes anymore. And the Bible says that God will always make a way out of your... If you're tempted, He'll make a way for you to get out. Everybody's tempted. It's common to man, the Bible says. If it happens to you, He'll make a way out. Now you have to choose that way out. You have to consciously choose to turn away from whatever that was that you were about to do and then just start thanking God that His Holy Spirit said don't do that don't carry this extra item in your shopping bag on home without going back and telling the store they didn't charge you for that don't do it car starter and you're ready to leave the parking lot don't sit here and stare at that woman don't do it now if you're a single person you're looking to, to get married I mean it's okay but uh, stare at a woman sexually no well you, you're not nobody's gonna you gotta be pleasing you're gonna your partner must please you and it does start with that I think and there are you know, Proverbs and, of course, the Song of Solomon, a little descriptive. Um, yeah, for married people. Well, and they become married, but they don't just marry somebody with a bag over their head and see what they got when they get to the front. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, there has to be an attraction, you know. Y'all would agree. But it doesn't mean you could sit in a parking lot and just... Google no, you just pull up there and say, hey, you married? Hey, you do it. <laughs> you woman, me man. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, there's got to be a hook to get that fish. <laughs> that, yes. I mean, you know, uh, but I mean, you need you need to be both in Christ, not unequally yoked. I always know that the devil comes as an angel of light. He does. He can very much deceive. And, and somewhere along the line, it didn't come from the Word of God anywhere, but somewhere along the line, Satan began to be depicted as this little scaly red character with horns on his head and a pitchfork. Where did that get? It's not in here. No, he's, he's an angel of light. You read Ezekiel chapter 28, an absolutely stunningly beautiful angel who turned on the God who made him. You can't outsmart Satan. All you can do is hide behind Christ and rebuke Satan, resist him, and the Bible says he'll do what? Flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Let's try to finish chapter 3 here. Verse 12, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Moses put a veil over his face and kept it there. He didn't want them to see that it wasn't glowing anymore. Now, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, that light would not go out. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament which veil is done away in Christ but even unto this day when Moses is read the veil is upon their heart nevertheless when it shall turn to the Lord the veil shall be taken away now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord know what you are in Christ know who you are in Christ Understand that uh, the Lord wants all to be saved. And there's a lot of people out there that are not. Give an answer for the hope that lies within you. I don't get too many opportunities. If I get them, I don't take them. I, let me just say that. But I told you all this before. I was training a driver... <laughs> Flying Jay was going into the surface mine up in West Virginia. He is bigger than me. Old West Bond, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me mentioning his name. And this dude, uh, we were coming up the hill loaded, and of course he's coming down the hill loaded with coal. And a lot of them didn't have very good CBs, and you needed one or you'd end up, somebody going to have to back up. So he had to get on the binders real hard on the brakes, and he got to the side, and he knew he was coming up, and he was mad, and he was letting everybody know it. Blah, blah, this, and why, and the black blank didn't you, this, that, and the other, why? I said, I announced twice before I got to this point. Blah, blah, you know, you need a better radio. I, I, I had a good radio. He's the one who didn't have a good radio. So we got on up there to where he was, and Wes was mad. Pound that dude. And yank him out of that truck and just pound him. And we, you know, eased on up there, you know, and I looked in the truck and I thought, where'd he go? I thought he'd gotten out of the truck. No, he was looking over the steering wheel like that at us. You know, and I was in low range, going slow, and me and Wes was like leaned over looking out there, and he just turned his head. <laughs> but Wes said, why'd you, uh, why'd you take that so easy? So, I don't know. Let me think about that. And really, it's, it's, it's Christ in you that will turn the other cheek.
I could have cursed him back. I could have said something smart like, yeah, you don't seem too brave now, buddy. But I didn't. And I think he appreciated that I didn't because he was just as nice as he could be every time I saw him after that. But I told Wes, uh, you know, if you're in Christ, you'll handle things his way. Nothing that fella said to me was anything near as bad as what was said to our Lord and Savior while he was dying on the cross. Every insult in the book and then some. And he endured it for our sakes. And what does he expect of us? To be that light, to shine, to be that fragrance that smells wonderful to others who are in Christ, who are, have eternal life. And yes, though, we do smell like death to those who aren't. And at one time, for more of my life than a not, more of my life than not, I was about 40 before I got saved. I didn't like being around Christians. And I just didn't get up and leave. I would debate them if they'd say something about them. And again, I've said it before, that they couldn't defend the faith, most of them. They didn't know what to say. But God used those years of my atheism to uh, make it so that I could defend the faith. And that's my true desire, is to defend the faith. Apologetics, it's called. To defend this word as it's written, that there's no mistakes in here. God doesn't make mistakes. He's not going to leave us a corrupt translation of His Word. Compare everything to the King James if you speak English. Everything must be compared here. Can you get saved reading other translations? Yes. Yes, you can. <coughs> but uh, as Chuck Missler once said, he said, I think you'll outgrow these other, other books. He said, I think you will outgrow them. I need to take a picture of that prayer card and Get it up on Facebook. Anybody have anything they'd like to add tonight? I completely forgot to say anything about Neil King, Stanley's uh, grandson. Friday morning he had an aneurysm. He had a Saturday, Friday evening. And about 5 o'clock, Four o'clock Saturday morning, finally went to the Whistful Hospital. They took him, flew him to Roanoke, and he had a seven and a half hour surgery. And the last I've heard, he's still on a respirator. Goodness. So that's all I know. That was Stanley's grandson. How old is he? I'd say he's in his late 40s. Yeah. Late 40s. Neil King. Well, uh, Tommy Quiddle <clears throat> used to work at the uh, house of the Dennis Walker house. He played the electric guitar. He fell and had went to the doctor, and that's when he found out he had cancer. They put him in the hospital. They called hospitals in. Uh, the pastor went down and prayed with him and was keeping him in the prayer because he was looking forward to go home the next day. But he didn't know anything about it. He wasn't hurting anything. He didn't even know it. Well, Looking into a prayer changes change things. things. Is he a believer? That's right. All right. Well, I'll have you close, Reverend Davis. We're all ready. Father God, we thank you for this day. We ask that thou look down a Round this table, Lord. Bless each and every one that's here, every household that's represented. Lead and guide us along the way, Father. Help us to continue to lift you up, not for ourselves, so that men and women will see you in our lives. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. Help us to reach out and touch someone along the way, Father. 
bless those that are in the hospitals, those that are at war and want to fight, Lord. Yes. Give them peace, Lord. Yes. Help them to realize all the power they think they have is none at all. Right. All power is in your hands, yes, Father. Lord. Yes, Lord. We ask that thou bless this household again, Lord. Bless the lady of the house, Thank Lord. You, Watch over her children, Lord. Watch over everyone that's here. Give us yes. power. Give us strength, Lord. And we thank you, Father, because we're not where we used to be. Right. We may not be where we need to be, but we're yes. trying, Lord. Yes, Lord. This we ask in Jesus', Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.